Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the third episode of Teen Engineer Talks, the podcast where teenagers discuss the latest feats in engineering and technology. My name is Krish Arora, and my co-host today will be Sadan Kumar, and we're joined with our guest, Anshul Arvin, talking about Apple's 2021 Worldwide Developers Conference. Added was spatial audio, which is where audio from each FaceTime member comes from wherever their square is located on the screen. Whether it be from the top or bottom, the audio comes from its respective sides. Secondly, they added Dolby Atmos audio to their phones. And this launches on Apple Music as well. So how do you think this will like affect users, especially those who use Spotify, Spotify Premium? Do you think it will switch them to Apple Music because of these new upgrades? Yeah, so thanks for the interesting question, Krish. Personally, I think that it won't be a major factor in converting Spotify users to Apple Music because, you know, longtime Spotify users have tons of playlists and their account has a lot of history already built up. But I do feel that spatial audio is, an, is a great incentive to move to Apple Music. And additionally, with the spatial audio in FaceTime, I just wanted to bring up how FaceTime in iOS 15 now has this feature called Grid View, where everyone is on the screen at the same time. And just like you said, the audio comes into your earbuds. So say you're wearing AirPods and a person on the right of your screen is speaking. The audio will only come through the right of your earbud to you know, replicate this meeting-like environment, which I think is really cool. Additionally, I feel like there are a lot of improvements to audio, especially with not only spatial audio, but additionally voice isolation, right? And I feel like this is really useful for people who are in a family household typical kind of environment. And especially with the pandemic and voice calls becoming like the default medium of communication, Apple implemented voice isolation, which uses machine learning to recognize noises that aren't your voice and it'll dim them out. It'll dim them out of the FaceTime call. This means that only your voice is transmitted and it makes you a lot more clear and helps your communication. Yeah, all the background noises are removed. So like anyone behind you, since everyone's online, they're also going to be on call probably. So it's very helpful for whenever you're in a meeting or just talking to friends that they could hear you and they aren't bombarded with like noises from the background, anything going out outside. And I feel like this is kind of a feature that they could have added earlier on. Cause let's say on different voice call, video call apps like Discord, we can already see that voice isolation exists. And they're just now adding this to FaceTime, which is a great improvement. I feel like they did come a little late in this. The technology has already been out for quite a while. True, that is true. But I feel like the pandemic kind of, you know, snapped Apple into reality and showed them that now that everyone's in the home, like your entire family's working from home, a lot of people are on the internet, it's really important to, you know, optimize FaceTime for that family household where not everything is like perfectly quiet, like an office environment. Yeah, exactly. And since everyone's at home, everyone will want to like talk to their friends and all that, you to have meetings. And this brings up the second point actually, FaceTime links. Not everyone has an iPhone at the moment or an Apple device. They can't use FaceTime. And Apple made this extremely easy and compatible for those Android, Linux, uh, Windows users and added a new feature called FaceTime links. And this allows a user to send links to other people, encrypted links, and they can join the FaceTime call through their web browsers or through their Android phones. 
And how do you think this will impact the sales of the iPhone? Because their main cutting edge features in iOS are FaceTime and iMessages. And if they're providing their competitors with FaceTime, how do you think Apple will like stay ahead? Yeah, for sure, Krish. So for a very long time, the Apple ecosystem has been one of the greatest draws to any Apple product. You know, you buy AirPods, but you also want an iPhone to pair really well with those AirPods. And then, you know, you have an iPhone, so why not just go for a Mac so you can integrate your iCloud account all over the place? And I feel like FaceTime was just a really Apple-specific feature, but the pandemic really just uh, put a new twist onto Apple's thinking because now... Prior to the pandemic, FaceTime was just a casual medium of talking to your family and friends. But because of the pandemic, people started realizing they needed more corporate environment or like office-oriented office-oriented chatting methods. And that's when Apple realized that, you know, they had the infrastructure for FaceTime already built in. All they had to do was include more people. And then they could also be a competitor in that, you know, corporate video calling market. Yeah, such as Zoom exists right now. That's the main feature since it's compatible with iPhone, Android, Windows, Linux, everything. Anyone can use it from whichever device they're at. So Apple One. Right, so that's actually a great question. And obviously, widgets were fully properly introduced in iOS 14. And, you know, it's been a year since the release of iOS 14. And since then, you know, there have been a lot more new apps developed for iOS 14 and 15. And... I feel like developers and Apple themselves have realized really new ways to, you know, display information without bombarding the user. And that's why, you know, even Game Center has a widget now. Calendar has improved widgets. You know, Sleep has an improved widget. You know, if you have a paired Apple Watch or a compatible device, it can show your sleep. And it's just an overall improvement. And I feel like it's a refresh of ideas. It's not a whole new technological advancement. Yeah, so one reason why um, I feel that Apple decided to do uh, iPads OS widgets one year after, you know, iOS widgets uh, is because um, they they treat the iPhone and iPad kind of separately now. So there are different experiences that Apple offers to the user. So uh, an iPhone would be a traditional, you know, smartphone Whereas an iPad is a brand new tablet, you know, drawing, you know, to do many more things with the iPad. So they're trying to kind of treating it as two separate devices. This meant, means uh, uh, that they want to make sure that just because it comes out on iOS, that doesn't mean that it will also look good on iPads. So let me take an example. So the calculator app, right? So the calculator app, uh, is found on all you know iPhones that are bought but it's not found on any iPad this is because they wanted to they they treat each both the iPad and the iPhone as separate devices in their uh, product catalog and they want to make sure that the experience on an iPhone is as good as the experience on an iPad for the same app meaning that they need to rework the app a bit so that they can put it on a bigger a device with a bigger screen and still have the same user experience because a lot of people uh, a lot of uh, apple developers have actually noticed that there there are certain times in the past where they had released this uh because before both ios uh, well both iphone and ipad was using ios 
and they were releasing the same features for both of them and there are some features that looked pretty bad on the iPad and looked because it was meant for the iPhone. So it's just this distinction of devices that they wanted to make a good user experience. So maybe they thought that if we released uh, widgets right now uh, to the iPhone, right, it will not look as good as it should on the iPads. So we need to wait another year and redevelop the widgets so that it looks good on the iPad. This is just exactly why, you know, iPad OS was created in the first place. Like, I know it looks similar to iOS, but they're trying to create a distinction between devices to create this a similar user experience for with the iPhone and the iPad, but or with a whole nother product. Yeah, I agree, Anshul. I feel like iPad OS, they've been trying to develop it as uh, separately as possible from iPhone, similar, similarly to how you mentioned, because Apple has been recently trying to, you know, push the iPad forward into the laptop, into the laptop space rather than the mobile, mobile application or, you know, mobile device scape, because the iPad with the M1 chip now is so much more than just a tablet, you know? It's so much more powerful than just running mobile applications, and it's definitely robust enough to run powerful desktop applications, which is why they added the feature where you can actually drag files between your iPad to your Mac and to your Mac to your iPad if they're connected with the same iCloud account. Yeah, I saw that in macOS 12 Monterey, and this Dragon features will also increase Apple's sales for the iPad and the iMac as people will love this compatibility, this like new feature that makes everything so much easier for them in their day-to-day -day lives. And even like now more people are working remotely because they've like seen that it's easier, they save money in offices. So the sales will definitely increase and people will use this feature to the fullest as they can and they won't have to like use networking to send files or send them through other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like with every software update, Apple just keeps on tightly integrating all their devices. For example, now, if you say like, if you, one of the biggest features with iOS 15 and macOS Monterey is the tight integration between between the MacBook, between the MacBook and the iPhone, and what one of the biggest features with uh, the new redesign is actually Safari. So, for example, the iPhone now has Safari tabs at the bottom, and now you can group tabs and actually install extensions into Safari. And what I find really interesting between you know the relationship between the Mac and iPhone is continuity and handoff. And so, say you copy something on your Mac. You can paste it on your iPhone and vice versa. And say you install an extension on your iPhone for Safari, it'll automatically install on your MacBook, which I feel is really interesting because it just keeps the user experience, like Anshul mentioned, it keeps it really similar over all your devices, which allows you to pick up and, you know, it allows you to leave and pick up wherever you left off. Yeah, this universal control is extremely helpful. It's clean and it's really sophisticated for the new updates that Apple is bringing in, along with AirPlay from your Mac to your iPhone, your iPad. 
you can share your screen or videos like you would in SharePlay and FaceTime. So this is another like small feature that they added that just makes the user experience a completely different, like a huge change. So I think that this is all working towards Apple's interconnection between their hardware and software ecosystems, as well as their connection between devices. I think that it would be uh, beneficial so, because Apple is like one of the only companies that makes, you know, all sorts of devices. So Mac, uh, laptops, and then phones, and then, you know, tablets, like they wanted to make it a seemly, a uh, an interconnection between um, uh, between each of their devices. Where if you take a look at Android, for example, you would technically like, I mean, there are, you know, there is, uh, you know, like certain like Samsung tablets, but there's no like Samsung, like a good Samsung laptop, like a flagship laptop. Whereas uh, there, there's no flagship Microsoft phone. So you would have, there is not as much interconnection. There's not as much of an ecosystem with Android, uh, as there is with, um, uh, Apple and, uh, Apple and, you know, their iPhones and I, uh, iPads and Macs. And I feel like they're, uh, this interconnection of ecosystems will help, you know, users have a better user experience. So for example, right, there are websites that really don't look good on a mobile device, like an iPhone, but they have their Mac next, next to them. So they want to look at that website even better on a Mac. So this universal clipboard and uh, universal control will help in the sense where I can copy on the link on my iPhone and paste it right on my Mac in Safari. So this will help more users use Safari as it is also an interconnection of ecosystem and an interconnection between devices, hardware and software. But it will also help many uh, uh, users have a better user experience using Apple products in the ecosystem as well. Yeah, speaking of the ecosystem and going back to universal control, what Krish mentioned, universal control just allows you to have one way to work with all your devices. So your mouse and keyboard for your MacBook or your Mac, iMac 24 inch, you know, that can be used for your iPad. You can drag the cursor between it. And you know, the very simple thing is all you have to do is place your iPad next to your Mac or your MacBook and they're automatically paired if they're under the same iCloud. And I feel like this kind of, you know, almost magic-like experience is only achieved if the same company makes the hardware and the software, which is why we see such a drastic performance increase with the M1, because Apple stopped having to, you know, conform to Intel's chips, and they were able to make their own M1 chips, which allowed them to, you know, solder on the RAM and make everything tons more integrated. Yeah, now everything that they have in their MacBook lineup is owned by Apple itself, along with the software and most of its hardware components as well. So they can make it however they want. They don't have to rely on any outside company for this. And this will also, you know, like they've, uh, they um, kind of know in and out of what the product is like. They kind of exactly. have more details uh of what the chip, you know, the chip with its system on a chip architecture. And this will allow Apple to get the most out of their, you know, chips and uh, their 
um, M1 chip especially like you can get the highest the best performance and the best battery life out of a chip you know the inside of you know how it's manufactured whereas with Intel Apple didn't know what Intel secrets were to make the chip so they couldn't use all the functionality so I think Apple silicon itself in 2020 was a huge year for Apple because it may it defined redefined the possibilities of the Mac and the iPad uh, as we've seen with the new iPad Pro releasing with M1 and it's uh, it has redefined the capability that users uh, would use with the Mac so I think that the M1 just the release of the M1 um, you know, brought in many students and many creators to have the, this M1 Mac experience just due to the fact that it has in, incredible, like, on-paper numbers, but also, because I'm also an M1 Mac user, it also has good um, performance from a user itself. So I feel like it, this is a huge, uh, you know, this integration and integration between the hardware and software ecosystem and the introduction of like m1 apple silicon has made uh has given a huge leap forward for apple compared to its competitors yeah and this is input on phil and speaking of integration so now from your iphone or ipad you can actually airplay to mac with the new updates to software and you can whatever content you have on your iphone the idea behind it is that you can put it on your great big, you know, Mac screen and look at it from your Mac instead of looking on your small iPhone screen. And this is the same thing with AirPlay speaker. So if you have audio or music on your iPhone from Apple Music, then you can actually AirPlay it to your Mac. So you can listen listen to it on the Mac's, you know, surround sound system. Or if you have an iMac 24 inch, you can listen on that high fidelity speaker rather than listening on your iPhone. And one of the greatest features to me personally that I think is really interesting with this is that say say you, you're having a party at your house and I have my phone in my hand, but my Mac is in another room where other people are in. If you can, what you can do with this new update is that you can actually play music on your phone and use AirPlay to play it on your Mac simultaneously without stopping it on your phone. So it's like a multi-room experience. All right, so... um. I also feel that um, the multi-room experience that Siddhanta brought was, you know, it's a very like, you know, another like great way to use this Apple, uh, you know, integration of products because, um, you know, you can connect with like, it doesn't even have to be in the same household, you, you know, like, you know, there could be, you know, people uh, that like if they're on like you know family uh, iCloud or the, like a same family account they can share even though they're even if they're remote even if they're in different locations so it doesn't necessarily like it have to be like uh, um, in the in the same household but it can also expand the possibilities as well and uh, with different family members in different locations having the same iCloud to uh, connect yeah, and we've seen all these features that came out in Mac and iOS itself and iPhone itself. And I'm kind of excited to see what will happen next year in the Mac lineup as they just brought in M1 and all these new features last year and this year. So next year, who knows what will happen with their M2 or whatever they will call it. Yeah, I and feel like it's... Go ahead. really interesting possibility in the future and i feel like maybe 
Now that we're on the topic of integration, I feel like it'd be really nice to talk about watchOS 8 and how it really impacts the user experience with iOS 15 and macOS Monterey now released. In watchOS 8, the main features that they had were health upgrades. So they added two new apps, which is a mindfulness app and the breathe app, which basically allow like give messages to let you stay calm throughout the day and the breathe app. Um, tells you to breathe if you've not been enough by monitoring your heart rate and your to call blood levels. So I feel like this will be useful for those like who are more physically active, who go out a lot, or those who like have a low BPM, something like that. But this isn't the biggest update that I have seen so far on watchOS. What do you guys think? yeah so um so the apple watch actually is you know with the release of what uh apple watch series 6 um we like a lot of you know people have um kind of um thought that apple is moving into a health oriented uh, user experience with the apple watch combined with you know a smart a, a typical smart watch features so they want to you know kind of combine a you know some like you know those health monitors for people mm -hmm. that you know have like a you know have like a disease or like you know for example like diabetes like a sugar monitor like your blood sugar i think they're trying to combine those kind of machines you know those kind of you know medical and uh, health monitoring machines with a smartwatch so that it's all on one device and uh, it's uh, helpful for the users that you know really care about their health, you know, or elderly users who's uh, who like really needs you know medical assistance. So the Apple Watch will be really helpful for those users, and it will create a wider audience for using the smartwatch as well. So one example of this is in the previous uh, in a couple of Apple events ago, um, uh, the Watch OS six uh, was released as I mentioned earlier, and there was a new feature called measuring your blood oxygen so what it does is it, it uses a sensor in its uh, you know hardware and it will measure someone's blood oxygen which is a really critical feature for those that you know have a little bit of you know cardiovascular issues or circulatory issues like some uh and uh like for like those medical purposes and this is kind of creating a more you know health and wellness uh orient um trajectory for the apple watch combined with that you know traditional smartwatch feel and i think that the release of both the uh mindfulness app and breathe uh like breathe app um would help with this wellness and health trajectory of the apple watch by appealing to more users and not just you know um like because everyone needs mindfulness, everyone needs uh, some time to breathe. So I think these apps will, you know, widen this, uh, uh, widen the spectrum of people who are gonna stay um, physically and mentally well. And this will also motivate people to, you know, people that are not really physically active to start moving and start, you know, be taking care of their bodies like they do um, other aspects of their life and it'll help more people stay fit and active as you know 
there are a lot of you know people that struggle to do that and struggle to maintain a uh, uh, like a regimen for being active so it will help uh, many people to motivate themselves and continue to push through when you know there are troubling times uh, physically wise yeah i agree that health is one of the biggest you know n- new focuses and updates for the new all the new software releases that came from apple this year but one of the features that actually caught my eye was the new wallet integration with watchOS 8 and iOS 15. And the thing I find useful about this wallet update is now you can store your digital car keys in wallet, or you can store your home keys in wallet if you have a digital uh, lock. You can also store your driver's license and your ID that you can use at the airport with compatible readers. And you can also store you know, resort or hotel cards or credit cards. So credit cards is nothing new, but you can store all these and the impact on watchOS 8. So say you're in New York and you have a Metro or subway card, you can store it on your watch and then you can hold your watch to the reader. And that itself is enough. It'll charge your card without you having to pull out your phone, fidget with your wallet and take out the card. And you don't even have to hold up the line. And I feel like that is one of the best non-health oriented features that they implemented to watchOS 8. Yeah, and the Apple Wallet, the new features like Sedant mentioned, do you guys think that this will be like their safest thing? Because I know Apple has like a thing for security. They want it to be the best of best and most secure so that no one has to worry about people stealing their data or information. But with this new Apple Wallet to open like to have keys in your phone, if people can just guess your password or use your face ID or something, don't you think this will be a little like extremely bad if they're able to access like all this information and info that leads directly into your house, hotel room, etc. Um, I yeah, I I uh I appreciate your question, um, Chris, and that. Yes, there are going to be more security cons- uh, private security and privacy concerns and there will be like you know more doubts to whether we should give all of our information like every everything that we own onto like one device. Um there are going to be many that are hesitant about doing that. So, but Apple has consistently, you know, with every product update re um reinforced their privacy, their thoughts and their efforts to improve privacy within their devices and maybe because of that the constant um you know information or info that apple is providing uh users with the amount of privacy their devices have this will like you know give more confidence to many users you know if apple continues to you know talk about their privacy and their efforts in improving the privacy of uh, users data it'll help um it'll help many users build the, build that confidence and i do think that you know apple has done an extremely good job with you know releasing products and you know keeping them you know private and secure so recently there was you know a product uh, called AirTags. This was uh, came out in the um, last product update, and this also, you know, caused a lot of hesitancy for many users because you know people could um, use that to track locations. But Apple has worked around those kind of you know 
privacy issues. So it really shows that they do care about their privacy, the users' privacy, and they really will create uh, put in as much efforts to protect users' information. So I feel like, uh, you know, for me, this will not like for me personally, this won't be a concern to give all of my, you know, like you know, ho like ho ho like car keys or like you know ID cards to Apple a wallet just because of how much Apple has en enforced their privacy, you know, efforts. Yeah, speaking about privacy, one of the newest updates to privacy in iOS 15 comes with Siri. So prior to iOS 15, you needed internet connection to access Siri because yeah. your voice would actually, so you would talk to Siri and then Siri would report it to the Apple server where then there it would be processed and then Siri would respond. But now, Siri actually has an audio library downloaded onto the phone, which means your voice actually never leaves your phone, which is actually one of the key keystone features of iOS 15, because any request you make to Siri will not ever reach an Apple server because it's all local on your own machine. Yeah, this is, um, like um, Sid mentioned, that is a really cool feature that um, will protect you know, store information locally and not with Apple servers. So it's just, you know, just to like uh, prevent as many users as possible from intercepting or stealing somebody's data. So I think that it is a really good step forward for Apple. Yeah, it's a nice touch that they added. Yeah, so privacy obviously has been a really huge feature in Apple's, you know, entire lineup of products. But how about let's talk about the new updates with AI and uh, actual uh, live text, which is the newest feature in Apple's products. So live text actually is um, is extremely, it, it uses a lot of, you know, AI and uh, so, and a lot of, you know, machine learning uh, elements to do live text. And live text essentially is, a way for you to scan uh, or take a picture of a bunch of text like with your camera and you can turn it into you know words on a document or like on a you know on a keynote or google slide where you can actually type with those words that you took a photo of so let's say you know you want to publicize a written menu i know people a lot of restaurants um like especially near the seaside have uh, chalkboard menus and if they really want to do um, really want to publicize their brand or really want to publicize the restaurant they need to go online right so a quick way for them to uh, make put their menu online is to use live text so just take a picture of that menu and because of Apple's advanced AI technology um, they're able to uh, honestly like make their menu um, in a document format on an online document and send it to the world. So um, this was also uh, last in, in iPadOS 14, there was a feature known as Scribble. And Scribble would, um, uh, like you, when you write something by hand with an Apple Pencil, it will convert it to text. So if you wanna like quickly, you know, tie or write something down, it'll convert it to text on like a notepad. So. The, the other another thing about this is also the integration between physical writing and um, virtual write, like typing. So 
uh, it's gonna create a more uh, seamless experience for uh, users so that they can easily convert their handwriting to typing it their handwriting into a digital format so um, it'll be helpful for users to compile files or like have old files and make them into an online format so that they could use for later. So I think this live text is, is, is especially good because it also, you know, uses AI, which is a growing field today. Yeah, this yeah is another feature that uses AI and machine learning is actually the visual lookup feature, which is similar to Samsung Bixby, if you've heard of it. But it's a feature where you can take a picture of, you know, say the Golden Gate Bridge and the iPhone will analyze the picture and give you a lot of information about what you're looking at. And overall, I feel like we really covered iOS 15, macOS Monterey, watchOS 8 and some other miscellaneous features that is coming out in the latest Apple updates coming soon. Thank you for listening to our episode of Teengineer Talks presented to you by Ingeniera. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you later in a future episode.